Well, hello, and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, CEO of OMG Commerce. And today is going to be extraordinarily fun. It's going to be very tactical and practical. And you're going to walk away with something like 23 tips, or I don't know, maybe that's, maybe I'm getting that confused with the number of flavors in a Dr. Pepper. I don't know. Uh, but we're going to talk about lots of ways to optimize checkout. And so we've talked a lot on this show about conversion rate optimization from landing page, product detail page, even touch on homepage and things like that. But today we're digging into checkout. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. And we are thrilled to underwrite this program and bring some amazing guests to you. I have a question for you. How is your YouTube game? Are you using YouTube to help scale your e-commerce business? Hopefully, you're using YouTube both as a remarketing vehicle and also for top of funnel growth. However, if you're like most e-commerce companies, then you're probably not fully leveraging YouTube. So I have two free resources for you. The first is a two-minute crash course on YouTube ads. I recorded this with the famous Ezra Firestone. So you can check that out by looking at the links in the show notes to this show. You can also Google Smart Marketer and two-minute crash course, and you'll find the resource there. Also, we recorded a 90-minute webinar outlining exactly how we scale with YouTube. We talk about keys to a great YouTube ad. We talk about audience targeting. We talk about bidding, optimization, and much, much more. So I highly, highly recommend you check it out. You can also find that linked here in the show notes. It's also at the bottom of the two-minute crash course page. So check them out and start scaling with YouTube. And now, back to the show. My guest is an extraordinary gentleman that I met through uh, Ezra Firestone's Blue Ribbon Mastermind. Shout out to the ribbon. Uh, but Jeremiah Allen is my guest. And I, wa I want to read you a little bit about Jeremiah, and then I'm going to share a personal story. I'm going to read this because it's just, just so fantastically written. And then I'm going to share just something uh, kind of personal uh, or a quick, quick story about Jeremiah and I, and then we'll get into the convo. So uh, Jeremiah Allen's been driving growth for small to medium-sized businesses in e-commerce since 1997, which that's really before the internet was cool, and he's made hundreds of companies, founders incredibly, stupidly wealthy. I love that. Uh, while he enjoys client work in 2017, he began acquiring and building his own e-commerce brand. So not only is he an agency, but he owns his own brands. His extraordinary wife thinks his endeavors to create an e-commerce empire are all part of a midlife crisis. That's always what wives think. think. Uh, they're usually right. Uh, and she wishes he'd just go buy a Mercedes AMG 63 SUV to deal with his regrets and dissatisfaction. <laughs> I love it. So uh, this is a pretty good midlife crisis though, I think. Uh, but buying the Mercedes AMG is also a good call. So, so Jeremiah, I suggest you do both. Keep building the e-commerce empire, buy the Mercedes. Also keep volunteering in Boy Scout of America and all your other cool things you're doing. Um, and so with that, welcome to the show, Jeremiah. Appreciate taking the time and looking forward to Thanks, our Brett. Day. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I have to give you credit. You, uh, you gave me a nickname and this nickname <laughs> has, has stuck a little bit and, uh, I'll leave this to the audience to decide, you know, what they think of the, the, the nickname, but, uh, our, our mutual friend Ezra Firestone calls me Brett the Fury Curry. And so that's how he always addresses me as the Fury. And, uh, <laughs> and as many people know, I have eight 
kids. And so, Jeremiah, you suggested maybe the fertile. Uh, right. Brett the fertile. Brett the fertile curry. I mean, I've only got four, right? <laughs> I, I gotta, I, I'm double. nowhere near. You're the That's master. Double. Yep, yep. <laughs> so anyway, I think uh, uh, the fury might, hopefully the fury sticks a little bit better, but I got to give you props for the fertile. That was fun. <laughs> Everybody got a good laugh out of that. And there so, you go. There you go. Uh, so very good, man. So if, if you would... Um, just elaborate a little bit, you know, the 30 to 90 second version of your background, how you got to today, and then we're going to dive deep into checkout optimization, which I'm, I'm super excited about. No, no problem. In 97, I took a job working for a, a small company that held the patent of this weird thing called the online shopping cart. Um, and, and, you know, early, early days. And my job there was to help small to medium-sized businesses become successful. Uh, and, you know, I, it, was, it was new to me. Nobody was selling anything online. And so literally, I was figuring this out with the merchants um, as they went along. Uh, that company was acquired shortly after. And uh, I, I started consulting and have been doing very little else ever since. Uh, a couple of small detours, but, but that's what I've done. And I really enjoy it. Still, still doing it. Love it. It is a lot of fun. I mean, for me, and I've had a lot of people say, man, why are you doing the agency thing? Like there, there, there are other things. And, and for whatever reason, I've always loved the agency business. I like consulting. Yeah. I like the variety of new clients and new challenges. So I think, uh, like you, it just, it just fits. Uh, yeah. yeah. My mother tells me I used to like to solve puzzles as a child. And okay. that's kind of what it is still today. You know what I mean? It's uh, always a puzzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, so I, I love what you're going to talk about today because, as most people know, our agency focus, focuses on the traffic side, so driving mm-hmm. the right people to your store or to your Amazon products. We are huge believers in conversion rate optimization, but it's not really something we do. It's not something I'm an expert in. And so I'm excited to dive into this topic and specifically what to do with checkout, how to optimize checkout. So we've got lots of tips I say let's just start diving in um, and you start sharing those tips, all interrupt and ask questions and we'll clarify and we'll go deep and all that. But but let's let's start where a customer would start when they begin the checkout process. And what are some tips, what are some suggestions you have for merchants to make that smoother and to get to our ultimate goal of a higher conversion rate at the end of the day? Very good. So uh, checkout, in my mind, kind of starts once somebody hits add to cart, right? Um, you know, I mean, we're, we're, let's not worry about product pages and that kind of thing. Once somebody hits add to cart, though, there's a couple of things that can happen. And from that point, you know, the, the cart and checkout experience are so important. Um, from the user standpoint, they, they, they matter a ton and can turn people off. Um, and it's important so to note, and you, and you may know this, Jeremiah, I don't know the exact stats, but I believe it's between 65 and 85% of people that add to cart do not complete. Right. So, yeah, we yeah. see that on a, on a lot of sites, um, sites that do really well from add to cart. We see we, we like to see 60 percent or better actually start checkout. And then we like to see 60 percent or better people who start checkout get through to a transaction. Right. So, um, you know, if, if and I think the, the metrics are, are much lower than that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Often we'll start with somebody that's at like 20 percent, 20 percent. And then right. we work to yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, get them there. So totally. Um, once somebody hits add to cart, though, you know, that there's different cart experiences. Like some sites will 
have a, a modal cart where like a, a pop-up thing pops up, you know, on the screen um, uh, where, you know, maybe it's, it's just like a little mini cart that appears and people can add or remove things. Um, those, those began to be popular several years ago. Um, they don't always test best when we test that kind of cart against other types of carts. They're not always best. Um, sometimes we'll see uh, others that work better are like a drawer cart where it slides out from the side of the page. Um, uh, bombas.com is a website that's got a good example of that kind of cart. Um, and, uh, it, it, you know, on mobile, it just kind of takes up the entire screen on desktop. It just slides out from the right and uh, takes up a good chunk of the screen. And it's a, a big cart experience where people can, um, really, you know, kind of get in there and, and move things around instead of being forced to deal with a little small window. And, and the, so that first, that first one you mentioned, the, the modal cart, is that just where you have the cart icon or something in the upper right? It changes to now say one or two or however many items yeah. on the cart. And just at least and then, some indication that there's something there. Right. Yeah. And then sometimes there'll be like a little, kind of a little pop-up, like an overlay that appears on the window. That's like just this little small square or rectangle that, that summarizes what's in your cart. But we find that larger carts typically, you know, typically work better. So either a, a drawer where it slides out and takes a, a, over the whole screen on mobile or, you know, a chunk of it on desktop or, um, you know, another thing that actually works and, and people, I've seen a trend of people moving away from this often uh, you can just, when somebody hits add to cart, you can just take them to your cart or even you know, to a, a full cart page. And uh, if if you've got a, a product, if your brand is doing just like, a, if most people are only buying one thing, then that's definitely the way to go. If you're selling something else like, you know, home decor things and somebody, you know, is probably going to shop around. If, you're, if your average order has three or more things in it, then you probably don't want to do that because it kind of slows down the user right. experience. Um, but if you're selling, you know, like one big thing, send them right to like a full cart page and kind of start them on that checkout process. They can always hit back if they want to go back and shop, but just kind of getting them into it can, can definitely help. Um, yeah. And I think this is, this is really important because I, I have shopped some sites where you add to cart and nothing happens. So the item is added to the cart. Well, yeah. But you're like, well, did, did that work? Did that not work? I don't know. Like it, and I think what, to your point, like those bigger, either the slide out cart that says, Hey, this new bag is in your cart or this sweater is in your cart, or it takes up the whole page for a minute that just confirms. And, and, and I wonder if that's working better largely because of mobile that just makes it very clear that, Hey, success. The, the product you just clicked on is now in your cart and here are the details and here you go. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's really important. So the, the best full screen cart, if people want an example, the best full screen cart that, that I've come across is um, bombas.com. If you're going straight to cart, there's an experience I like. Yep, yep. They make socks. Then there's another company that does, they go straight to the cart and they sell um, the company's Rad Power Bikes. And uh, they do like electric bikes and that kind of thing, $1,500 bicycles that are motorized and that kind of thing. Um, and, and, but, that makes sense, but to your point, that makes sense because if I'm buying that bike, I'm going to usually buy two, probably. I'm just buying mm -hmm. one. And so then just get them to the cart. I think for a lot of stores, we're trying to optimize, you know, bundles or, or, or just sell multiple products and increase that basket size. And you probably wouldn't want to do that. But in the case of right. that electric bike company, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And then uh, another thing that a lot of people don't do, it's not appropriate in every case, um, but one thing that, that really can be good is to do kind of some cross sells or upsells in the cart. 
Um, a company that does this really well is called Figs. They make um, like scrubs, uh, hospital scrubs. Um, and they do, they've got a good example of uh, when you add a set of scrubs, like some pants to your cart, then within the cart, there'll be an upsell for like one of their hats or something like that, right? Nice. And, um, and so it'll just be uh, uh, within the cart, there's been this other thing that, you know, other people probably would want to buy. And, you know, depending on which platform you're on, if you're on Shopify or Magento or WooCommerce, there's going to be different ways to implement that. But it should be available on most um, most major platforms with either an app or a little bit of custom coding. Um, but that becomes a great opportunity to upsell somebody. Um, you know, you, 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 but you want to test it because in some cases people find that a little bit irritating and they don't want it. So I would say test, do, do a good solid baby test and see, you know, what's our revenue per user if we do show this upsell and what's the revenue per user if we don't. Great. Love that. So adding some upsells on the cart, making it very obvious, having a slide out, take over something that shows when someone adds to cart all <laughs> makes a ton of sense. What else? What, what are, what are some of the, the next tips here as we kind of go through the process? Uh, good question. So in cart, you know, you want, you want to just be simple. Bigger fonts are usually bigger, bigger images. Like it's good to include a thumbnail in the cart of what the product looks like. Um, but you, you want it to be, people use mobile devices so much for e-commerce these days. You don't want them to have to like hold up their phone and lean in and have to zoom in to figure out what it is. You just want it to be uh, clear and good and clean, uh, make it easy to, to add uh, to update quantities um, remove products. A lot of people, I don't know if, if you shop this way, my wife shops this way, I don't as much. Um, but what my wife will do is she'll, she'll go to a site and she'll start adding things to her cart. She'll browse the site and she's just like adding stuff to her cart. Maybe she's only going to buy two pair of jeans, but there are going to be 20 things that go into her cart. And, and, and so we need to recognize that a lot of people use a cart as like a, a place to store the things that they're considering, right? Yeah. So what yeah, she'll yeah, do is yeah. she'll it's, add it's all this stuff to her cart. It's narrowing the selection. It's just part of the process. Exactly. Never intended to buy them all. And my wife does the same thing. I don't either. I don't, I'm not yeah. like you. But, but that, that seems very common. And so, yeah, you got to understand that, right? Yeah. And so you've got you've to understand that part of the function of your cart at all, especially on a mobile device, is to be that place where they then scroll through and figure out what they actually want to buy. So it's really got to be functional. And if it's not, you're, you're probably frustrating some people. Um, so I think that's, you know, up to through the cart. Those are probably my best tips. Uh, do you want to move on to when somebody hits checkout? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That so, magical moment. Now, they, now they've, they've, they've <laughs> either, you know, added the 20 pairs of jeans and narrowed it down to the one or two that they're going to buy or whatever the case may be. They've, they've got their electric bike or their socks, added the cart, feeling good. Now, hit the, now they hit checkout. Now, what do we very good. So we want 60% of them to hit checkout. If, if you're way, if you're a little below that, it's probably fine. If you're way below that. And a place you can find this is if you use Google analytics, um, there's a, a report called the shopping behavior report, and it'll break down every step of the funnel. Like how many, how many people came to the website, how many people, um, viewed product pages, how many people added to cart, how many people started checkout, how many people completed a transaction. It's a really important report. You have to do a little bit of configuring to, to get the information in there. Like if you're on Shopify, you need to go into your Shopify under, I think it's under online store and then preferences and check a box for enable enhanced e-commerce. Yes. And then you, in, in Google Analytics, you also go to your admin under e-commerce settings and you enable e-commerce analytics there. Yeah, so once you've got that data... Of- 
it's a lot easier right. now than it used to be. So we used to do mm-hmm. a lot of work with Magento sites back back yeah. in the day. And man, getting enhanced e-commerce turned on there was it was possible, but it's a nightmare. A developer. And and so now it <laughs> you do it with Shopify, you do it to click in two different places in the Shopify back end and then also in the admin of GA. But what an amazing right. tool. And and obviously GA has been around forever, but just a reminder, mm-hmm. you have this powerful tool sitting there ready for you to use and leverage. And I guarantee 90% of the people listening to this podcast are not getting enough out of GA and it's free and it's there. And all you have to do is turn some things on and then start using it. Yeah. So get your enhanced e-commerce on and uh, look at that shopping behavior report. It's really, it's really a user-friendly report and uh, you can just look and see that it's a bar graph basically. And it shows what percentage of people are progressing from one step to the next. So you want uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 60% of people who add to cart to then hit that checkout button. Once it, once you hit checkout, different platforms are going to limit what you're able to do, right? Checkout on Shopify, even if you're on the pro plan, um, is a little bit limited. Um, you know, you can't control the exact layout of the form, things like that. Um, Magento's got, you know, I mean, you can kind of recognize once you hit, I guess when you've been doing this as long as you and I have, Brett, you can like hit a cart and you know what platform somebody's using. Uh, yeah, just yeah, based yeah. on how the, the cart's set I, up. I like to play, this is like the nerdiest thing I don't think I've ever confessed with, but I like to just look, I like to look at the homepage and try to try to guess. Pretty good. Pretty good at it. I can usually spot the the, the platform from the homepage, but, but when you get to the cart, then yeah, you can usually tell for sure. That's funny. There's actually actually a Google Chrome plugin uh, that'll just tell you what it is. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Called, a built with. Yeah. Uh, Wappalizer is the one I use. W a p p a l y z e r. But what, which one's yours? Built with. And built it, with. Very good. Built with will do. Yeah, to show your your card and the platform and other things that are plugged yeah. in. But yeah, it's a Technology. it's a nerdy good time, man. Start start guessing. <laughs> Guess what? I love that you're you're a geek too. <laughs> Anyhow, so so once once you get in a checkout, there's you know a, a number of things that you want to test. Um, you want to test kind of the style of your checkout, and what I mean by that is is your logo, um, the colors you're using. You know, uh, do you a, a lot of people? Um, uh, I've, I've run tests where we'll link the logo back to the homepage, and other times where it doesn't link and go anywhere. Uh, and sometimes one is better than the other. You know, I recommend testing it. Uh, you know, you want you you you'll want to. Make sure your colors align with the rest of your brand. Um, and, and, and the idea and then, there, and that, that's interesting. I just want to, uh, first of all, I love the fact that you're saying you got to test all these things. And sometimes one tweak will work with one company, not the next. I, I could see when you're in that checkout that, you know, allowing someone to get back to the homepage could mm-hmm. be a detriment, right? Once, once they mm-hmm. start checkout, you kind of just want to make it super easy for them to slide on through to complete that checkout and no real right. opportunities to bail. But probably there's some cases, some sites where people frequently have add-ons or they forgot something or whatever. And so I think it it makes sense to me how both of those ways could work. And so it just gotta has to go back to testing. Any insights on on when you've seen one work better than the other, or is it just it's just purely testing? Typically, uh, it's it has to do with the number of products people are buying. So if it's a shopping type thing, where you know, let's say it's it's bows for little girls and, and mom is shopping and she might buy 10 bows for the kid, right? Um, then, then usually enabling her to be able to go back to, to a previous point in, in the process, she may be like, oh, well, there was that green one that I was thinking about getting. Mm-hmm. The, the polka dots, right? And I really do want to re-add it. So we don't want to make it super, we, we want to enable that person to be able to shop around. Um, but if you're just, um, if, if you've just got that one big thing that you're selling to somebody, 
and uh, uh, then it's less important usually. Um, or if you're really relying on somebody, <laughs> this is it's going to sound bad, but if you're relying on somebody where where like if they think too much about buying your stuff, it's going to be harmful. Um, like maybe <laughs> I don't know. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure Brett that all of your listeners are fine, upstanding uh, e-commerce entrepreneurs, and they don't want to rely on people maybe. Uh, backing out of what might be a bad decision. For yeah, with that, with that, <laughs> with that, with that and, and we we actually do. We, we're pretty excited about all our clients' products, but right. there are some things that are you know like a lot of what we sell. If we're going to be completely honest, is not they're not necessities, right? I don't need right. this accessory yeah. for my car. I want it. It'll be fun. It'll it'll make my life better. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you know. So so if there are, yeah, I can see that maybe where some impulse purchases or totally. You know, if I thought about it too long, well, you know, maybe I should save the money and you know, whatever, you know, just mm-hmm. save it. Uh, yeah. So I, I get that. I get that. That doesn't have to be just a, a product that's maybe overpriced or something. It could just be something that's right. non-essential. And so let's just help yeah. push them through to conversion. Yeah, exactly. So the other thing that I think you need to test on checkout are your shipping options. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's easy to have to just say, okay, well, everything's free standard shipping or, you know, $5 shipping for standard shipping, you know, through UPS or USPS or whatever. Um, but customers, most customers like to be able to make choices. They like to be able to have uh, an expedited option. They like to be able to have multiple levels of expedited option. You know, so maybe you've got a, a free standard shipping or a, you know, and then a, a $7 priority and a $20 overnight or what, you know, whatever it is, whatever works with, with the business. Um, we found that the, the two things that matter most with shipping seem to be giving people more options. Um, obviously, you want to be able to accommodate it. If your business isn't at the point where you can turn around something and ship same day, then don't, you know, this is a bad idea for you. But um, the more options, the better. And the other thing you want to do is you want to clearly communicate timelines to mm-hmm. people for what to expect. So if you're offering just standard shipping, you might say, um, you know, five to seven day, uh, uh, you know, estimated five to seven day uh, delivery, right? Uh, if you're doing priority, then two to two to three days, you know, and, and if it's overnight, you can tell it. But people, especially with like Amazon has conditioned us all. If I don't get something like tomorrow or the next day <laughs> when I order from Amazon, it's like the end of the world. I'm on the phone with, with their customer service. It's like, what? I had to wait three days for a thing, right? And um, that same sentiment, I mean, like everybody, people get that not everybody is Amazon, right? But at the same time, they want to know what to expect because yeah. they, you know, if it's Friday and they've got a party next weekend um, and, and they need a dress for that party, um, they, they had, they, they've got to know that it's going to be there by Wednesday. So they've got time to try it on, make sure it fits. And if not, scramble locally to get something else, right? Yep. And if they can't depend on that, they will back out or maybe they'll contact you on customer service, you know, through, through your Facebook messenger, which is good, but it'd be better if they didn't have to in the first place. Right. There's going to be for every person that reaches out on messenger to clarify and make sure there's probably going to be a few people that just bail because they're not sure. And they don't really want to check to find out. Mm -hmm. It's such an interesting topic. Uh, I I actually several episodes ago interviewed a gentleman, a gentleman named uh, Akhilesh Srivastava, uh, he used to work at eBay and he was one of the first to kind of come up with uh, clarity on when things would ship, when, when items mm. would ship. And now right. I mean, Amazon is the master of this. You know, they say, Hey, order in the next three hours and get this guaranteed by Wednesday, the whatever. 
and right. or, or get it guaranteed by tomorrow type of thing. And 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 to your point, yes, we do expect it quickly. Amazon has conditioned us to do that. But more than anything, we just want to know. And and so yeah. I think if if you can, if it's if you're selling something that they can't find on Amazon or can't find elsewhere, or they they really love your your widget, um, then just making it clear can really take take some of the edge away and and make that experience better. And uh, yeah. I really like your your uh, advice to give multiple expedited options because right? I think we may make the decision that oh well this 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 expedited option would be too expensive no one's going to take it but probably there are Sometimes people who would they will and maybe you've you've never done it Brett but I know that there have been times where I've paid like sixty dollars shipping to get something I paid thirty bucks for yeah because uh, yeah. I needed it tomorrow right you, you um, have to have it it's not it's not really about the price at that point it's about right. I need this thing. <laughs> Yep. But the need, yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, talking about price, that kind of leads us to payment options, right? People people have, the, your, your product has a price and they've got to be able to pay for it. What we typically find is that the more, um, the more payment options exist, typically the better. And that wasn't always the case before PayPal and some of the other um, uh, uh, payment options were out there. You know, there was a day where if you had credit card and PayPal on your site, having PayPal would actually lower your conversion. That time passed a long time ago. And what we found now is that that um, the the sites with the best checkout conversion are going to have, you know, you can pay with a credit card, you can pay through PayPal. Um, they're probably going to have some sort of financing option like an Afterpay or an Affirm or a Klarna, one of those like financy type things. Uh, they may have Apple Pay, they may have Amazon Pay, they may have Google Pay. What we've found is that uh, typically, more equals higher conversion. Um, you, you don't need to have like multiple afterpay, Klarna, and Affirms or something like that. But yeah. people have the way that they like to pay. Um, and so if you've got, I mean, I, I would say you've got to have credit card. You've got to have PayPal. You really should consider uh, some sort of a, an afterpay type financing option uh, if your product is more than 50 bucks. Um, and uh, and or your average order, because maybe you've got a $10 product that people buy 15 of, right? Um, uh, and then, you know, consider Google, Apple, and Amazon Pay. They're worth testing, um, it, you know, but you really want to have a couple of different options for people to be able to pay. Great. Uh, let's dig into that just a little bit. What about what about carts that that identify, especially if you're on the your mobile device or something, they identify, hey, this person's on their iPhone 11, and, mm-hmm. you know, they've got, Apple Pay enabled, so we're going to make that an option to make it very clear. We're not going to show Google Pay because that's probably not going to be appropriate for this, right. this user. Any any tests or anything you've seen around that? It's a great question. So Shopify specifically um, has a, a function. I think they call it Dyn. It's called Dynamic Checkout. I can't remember exactly what it's called now. Um, I think that's what it's called. But basically, what they do is on the product page, they'll load. Um, a, the pay option. So there'll be the regular add to cart button, but then there'll also be a buy now, like a buy with PayPal or buy with Google pay or whatever. And, and what they do is they actually, it's some sort of magic hocus pocus or something, but they actually look and see what other, I, I guess they're looking at what other cookies you have or other things that you might be logged into. And so if you're logged into a Google pay account, then that button will change to a pay with Google pay. Right. Um, which is really slick. And we've, when we've done testing with that, we, we find that having that dynamic checkout function enabled in Shopify specifically um, usually does boost conversion because then it kind of gets it. It's that personalized 
experience that people are able to have. And we're just anticipating what they might want to pay with. I love that. And, and isn't that also connected to the kind of the pay, the Shopify pay option that this did happen mm-hmm. to me not long ago. And it was amazing where I had paid, uh, I'd enter all my stuff on another Shopify site mm-hmm. using Shopify pay, Shopify saved it, went right. to another Shopify site and I was able to just like check out with one click. That yeah. was amazing. It's like you start typing, you type your email address and then you go to enter your name and all the other stuff and you get a text and it gives you a six digit code that pops up on your on your screen, on your checkout page, it says enter your six-digit code. You enter it, and then it fills in everything. And then yep. you just keep going. So sweet. Um, kudos to that kind of to, uh, Shopify on that. Love yeah. what Shopify is doing to continue to democratize e-commerce and, and give us <laughs> ways to compete with Amazon. And yeah. I love Amazon too, by the way, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. Uh, scared of them and others, but uh, I right. love what Shopify is doing there. Um, now, a question for you. This is one of those topics that I'm not sure I've got a real clear point of view on, but mm-hmm. Amazon Pay. You know, we've had some clients that have used it, that swear by it, that say, hey, once we added Amazon Pay, conversions went up, we're making more money, we're happy. I still have reservations for, okay, you're, you're, you're kind of bringing in your, probably your number one competitor right into the cart. Right. You know, what are you, what are you thinking here? But I, I, I can see the case for pros and cons. What's your point of view on Amazon Pay? Should we always test it? Does it depend? What are, what are your thoughts? Good, good question. So I've only got, there are only two projects that I work on that use Amazon Pay currently. Um, when they added it, um, I, you know, I, I wanted to look at a before and after. And it's hard to do a, a real split test on whether or not Amazon right. Pay is available. Um but, you know, just looking, doing before and after, it didn't seem to make much of a difference on one of them. And on the other one, it was like a teeny tiny difference okay. to the point where it was probably, yeah, I mean, it was statistically significant, but it wasn't like, you know, this, this revolutionized your business kind of thing. Um, I'm kind of with you on, on Amazon. So many people I know who sell on Amazon, I don't sell on Amazon, but so many people I know who sell on Amazon are just terrified. They live in this constant, continual fear that they're going to breathe. And Amazon's going to, you know, just kick them off the platform. Um, so, you know, I, I think if you want to have that paranoia that you've got, Brett, I think it's certainly a healthy paranoia. Yeah, I, I think, and, you know, we encourage a lot of clients and, and you know, we have dozens and dozens of clients that sell on Amazon. And I think there are certain categories and certain products where you got to be there, right? You just have to be the ha- half of all e-commerce is there. A lot of people mm-hmm. have to be there and you should be, and you should be strategic about it. And there are ways to approach it that I think make right. a ton of sense and you can really make a lot of money there. I just think if, if someone's on your site and you've got a chance to close the deal fully on the customer, all of that, like, why are you inviting Amazon in, <laughs> into right. that? Uh, and so, yeah, I would, I would typically advise against <laughs> it, but I don't have the data. I'm just thinking, I don't have the cart data like you do. I just, I'm thinking more you know, strategically uh, why, why yeah. I wouldn't. So yeah. anyway, uh, yeah. payments. I actually, I love this part of it because, you know, we always talk about the, the mobile gap where, you know, conversion rates used to be like a half or a third on mobile, what they, what they are on desktops. I think for the most part, that was driven by the pain endured in a, in a mobile cart. I think there are also times mm-hmm. when people just, they're on their mobile phone just shopping and they're just adding to cart. Like your wife does to narrow down the selection or they're just researching. They didn't plan to buy on their phone. There's some of right. that too. But as the cart gets easier, conversion rates are going to go up on mobile and we're seeing Absolutely. that. And I think payments strangely enough, is one of the, the greatest points of, of friction. And I think some of the things you pointed out here help solve that. And any other thoughts on, on payments? 
No, I mean, and I think what you pointed out about Shopify Pay is really important about how it, you know, enables it to be an easier process. Uh, lately, I've started paying attention when when we migrate, like let's say somebody's on Magento and we migrate them to um, to Shopify. If we if we do it without much of a facelift, like we're not changing a lot about the site, just kind of copying over the theme, same look and feel, that type of thing, same content on the product pages. Um, usually, in fact, I can't think of a case where we've moved somebody over from a different platform like a WooCommerce or Magento that we haven't seen an immediate bump in conversion rate. And usually it's that that bottom of the funnel portion, right? Once somebody gets to checkout, um, I think so many people are using Shopify stores to purchase that, uh, and Shopify has done such a great job of optimizing the process that simply by using Shopify, you're already halfway there on your checkout optimization. Yep. Love it. Well, that was a some... huge plug for Shopify. I, I, I normally don't endorse <laughs> things that strongly, but, but you know, it's, it's true. In, in this case, I think it's, I think it's warranted and, and uh, I think it's worth mentioning for sure. So, so you talk about you want 60% uh, of people that add to cart to hit checkout. Is that, what, what, what are those, what are those numbers again? Again, so we can kind of benchmark so you, and look in GA. Usually we what, like what are the to numbers see... you should, yeah. Great. So, so to kind of talk about that shopping behavior report, and in fact, for this, I'll even go further up the funnel. Usually we'd like to see at least 50% of people who hit the homepage make it to a product page. Um, on Once they hit a product page, we'd like to see somewhere around 20% adding to cart. Um, and that, that fluctuates. You know, you can still be healthy at 10% depending on your product and your margins. And sometimes we see it as high as 30. But um, 20 is kind of that sweet spot where we see a lot of projects after we've worked on them for a little while. Uh, then once you've hit add to cart, uh, we'd like to see about 60% um, move into checkout. And then if you've moved into checkout, we'd like to see 60% get through the transaction. Great. And and I've heard people say before that, hey, if you want to improve your conversion, then then start with the cart, right? Because if you can yeah. if you can if you can tweak those, and obviously you want to do all of it, but mm-hmm. if you can start there. And improve that because a lot of people, I think, I think, and I'm pretty sure this is accurate. The averages of people that add to cart that actually finish, on average, it's like 15 to 40 percent. So if you can get to that 60 percent, or or even 50 percent by doing some of the things you've talked about, those are instant wins, and that yeah, means that changes the whole economics on the side of the business that we focus on, the driving of traffic and getting people there. Now my numbers change. Now, now, now all my media instantly works better. I can spend more. I can drive more traffic. I can be more profitable. I can grow top and bottom line. And, and so it's just a yeah, exactly. beautiful thing. Great. Exactly. Um, awesome. So we got, you know, what is that add to cart experience like? We have what is the what is the checkout experience like and the styles and the things there? We got payment options. Anything else? Any any other yeah. tips, suggestions, things to test? So- a couple of really, really simple things on on checkout that are worth testing. They may or may not, may not make a huge difference, but like, for example, accounts. Do you have our accounts required? Does somebody have to create an account or can they check out as a guest? Or is it optional to create an account, right? Usually the less restrictive, the better. So unless there's a compelling reason to require something like that, I'd say don't. Um, some platforms will let you check out with either email or phone. Um, or, or both, and I, I've found that giving people both options is typically better. More, more choices, customers like choices. 
Um, if you've got the option to require phone or not, I'd say it's not required. You can ask them for their phone number, but I probably wouldn't require it because people worry about the telemarketing and that kind of thing. Absolutely. Even though most e-commerce companies don't call, um, it, it's like a privacy thing. People are like, oh, I don't want to give you my phone number. You might like talk to me, right? That's <laughs> um, not why I have my phone. I don't have my phone to take phone <laughs> calls. Don't call me. Exactly. Exactly. You know, other things like, are you requiring full name? Can somebody check out with just their first name? If it doesn't actually matter, you might want to consider that kind of test. Uh, things like that simplify the process, like you know, the shipping address to the billing, right? So they don't have to enter their address twice, uh, but they can change it if they are separate addresses. Um, you know, are you showing an email sign up at checkout? Um, if so, test whether pre-selecting it uh, is better or having it unselected is better. Because like really, truly, I understand we do a lot of things in e-commerce to try and get people to sign up for our email. But is it more important to get like a lead or is it more important to get a buyer? And I would say that in every single case, I would, you know, I mean, if, if something's going to offend somebody to the point where they're not going to buy my stuff, I w- I'm going to get rid of it. Uh, so if, if, you know what I mean? Um, so those would be, I guess, a couple of other checkout elements to test. And something that people like really neglect, if you want to talk about this, Brett, is, is what to test actually post-purchase. So once they, once they do hit complete purchase, there's actually a whole pile of things you can do to generate immediate reorders, to uh, get them to come back and buy again soon, and those kinds of things. You want me to hit on some of those? Absolutely. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Cool. So uh, one tactic that works well is to have like a one-click upsell after the purchase. Um, so uh, we've got one, one project that sells swaddle blankets, these swaddle blankets for, for babies, right? And uh, uh, so what we'll do there is once somebody buys one of these swaddle blankets, we've got different rules set up. Um, they, you know, depending on what they purchased, we're then going to offer them another one, just a, a simple other one. Because the reality is if you're only buying one swaddle blanket, well, you're not counting for the fact that your baby is, I mean, you know, this, you've got eight, right? Brett, they puke, <laughs> they throw dirty. up on things, they, yep. they, the diaper explodes, right? Um, you need a backup swaddle or three, you, you, right? You so we'll, you backups. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do. Cause I mean, unless you're doing laundry every single day, right. uh, it's gonna, you're, you're, you're Done, we do that right? too, but yeah, we still need backups. <laughs> <laughs> I say we, do you I, I don't do the laundry. I never uh, acquired that skill, but someone in my house is doing laundry every day. You know? That's so funny. How old's your youngest? Youngest is almost three. And so yeah, he, I was just my, thinking, when, you, when you mentioned that, I was thinking he's, he still likes his blankie, regrettably. Well, it's yeah. fine, but we're trying to, to wean him off that. But when it, when it has to go in the wash, that, that, is, source of, that is a source of angst. Uh, that's, that is where you, there probably is no substitute. There is no backup for that. So I don't know if there's a solution, but that does prove the point of the swaddle blanket. Like you need probably two or three of these because you're going to have one or two dirty at all times. You need to have another one. So yeah, totally get that. that, uh, So popping them up, Sal, and say, Hey, you just bought, you know, this stone colored swaddle. Um, you you get, get another one and save 20%, right? I mean, they just bought, uh, they, they, they are in your system, they're in buyer mode and maybe they haven't considered that. So just say, Hey, you can have another one at a discount for those times when you just can't do another load of laundry. Right. Um, and, uh, and something like that'll work. Another thing that works well, uh, after checkout is to pop a whole store discount with a countdown timer. Say, Hey, thanks so much for becoming our newest customer. Um, uh, to, to say thank you, we'd like to give you a you know twenty percent discount that you can use in the next fifteen minutes for any any additional purchase you'd like to make at our store. Right? They just bought. Now they're going to go buy again. Right? If you give them that kind of thing, um, so th- that can work really well. 
other things to do is on, on your thank you page, you could collect again, your customers. That's something you, that's oh, something you just, the, the whole store discount, I love that idea, but that's something you would, again, want to test only for a business where you're looking, where, where most people buy multiple items. Mm-hmm. If, it, if it's one mm-hmm. of those where checkout is usually one or two things, then it's like the, the expensive bike or something, then that whole store discount may or may not work. It may still be worth testing, but it right. may actually cause some people to not complete checkout, right? Right. Well, and I'm saying pop this actually after checkout. So on your oh, thank you page, right? right, right, right. right? Yes. So they've hit, they've hit submit, right? And then so 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 do the one click upsell. Yeah. In fact, that's actually a really good point of upsells. A lot of people use apps to be able to manage upsells. And we will regularly run tests of what happens if we suppress that upsell, like if it's a pre-cart upsell. And uh, usually nine times out of 10, having a pre-cart upsell um, actually drags down conversion. Mm. But then you put it on the back end and we'll see like a 15 or 20% take rate on an upsell on the back end. So you haven't lost the initial customer and now you're actually doing upsells instead of decreasing your conversion. So when we do test it pre, you know, pre-cart, uh, we find that usually, not in every case, but usually the uh, the upsell app, yes, it will increase the average order, but it decreases overall conversion because it irritates people. And so then you've got to look and see, okay, well, which one is, is giving me, you know, more value per session, right? So I love always it. love putting upsells after the cart totally or, you know, sense. either as a, as a one click upsell or a, 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 Hey, you know, you just bought, here's this. Thank you. Um, another place to put a post purchase upsell is in the order confirmation. mail. if you look at open rates on emails that you send for e-commerce, the order confirmation email actually has the absolute highest open rate pretty much every single time, right? I, I can't think of a time where I haven't seen that. So the fact that everybody is opening your order confirmation email, that's a perfect opportunity to, I mean, when you optimize that, you can now test offers in there, right? You can you can include them a, coup, a coupon to, you know, do a three for two or buy one, get one half off for the next time they purchase or whatever. And they're going to see it and they're going to save it and they're going to use it. Love that. Love that idea. Man, gold. Uh, yeah. Upsells after the purchase. Okay. Uh, uh, and and then the email confirmation, mm-hmm. uh, love that. So is it often the uh, similar concept? Hey, add another one, buy another one of these, get a discount. Yeah, it can be. A- it can be. I mean, it's just going to depend. Like maybe maybe it's a kind of thing where you know they bought two of us. Like you've got it's it's apparel and you've got accessories that go with the thing, right? And they didn't buy the accessories. If your email platform is like a, a Clavio or something like that, where it's smart enough to to be able to marry the right things together, then, you know, you could, you could even upsell them an accessory or, or whatever, you know, I mean, or, or, or um, more of the same. There's a lot of different things that you can test and it's probably going to vary by my store. But. Very cool. Very cool. Awesome. So, well, I'd love, I'd love just to get a couple into other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, please. No, 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 no. If you've got a couple more, let's, let's do it. I've just got a, a short list of just, and I won't talk a ton about these, but like other things you can do on a thank you page, invite them to follow you on social media. If you've got a VIP group, like you manage a VIP group on Facebook, uh, that's a perfect time. You can say, hey, while you're waiting or send this in an email or something, but while you're waiting for your product, right, for, for your order to arrive, uh, come join our community and see what other people are saying about this thing that you just bought, right? You can invite them to join your rewards program or your referral program. You can embed a video letting them know what to expect next. Um, you can, uh, something that actually also works really well is we've got two or three projects that we've tested the science work. All, all of, every time is we'll send 
an email, just, and I'm not trying to take it totally into email marketing, but it, it's kind of like that immediate post-purchase checkout optimization thing. So that's why I'm bringing it up. But um, we'll send a text-based email. So no HTML formatting or anything like that, but with that kind of like a grateful founder message. Where it'll say, hey, I'm Jeremiah. I, I just wanted to thank you. So I saw that you placed your first order with us. Thank you so much. It really means a lot to us. You know, we're a small business and uh, uh, your support means everything. And I just want to reach out and tell you thank you. And if you have any questions, just let me know. Right. And, and these emails that look like they're kind of handwritten and they're not HTML styled and that sort of thing um, really get like a huge response from people. And, and we notice that when people do open those, because even, even though it's, it doesn't look like an HTML email, we are sending it as HTML just so we can do tracking. Um, but those often will generate a ton of sales. People, even though you're not asking for a sale, people just see it and they're like, oh, oh, wow, that's really cool. And then, you know, you send it two or three hours after the purchase happened and they're like, oh, wow, that's awesome. I love people. This is like a company with personality. I'm going to go buy some more and then they come and buy more. So love anyhow. It. Love it. That's awesome. I want to talk about how people can connect with you and any resources oh, sure. and else that you have. Um, and so the name of your agency, Fat Bullfrog, I'll link to it yeah. in the show notes. But but cool, talk thanks. a little bit about what, what you do and, and how people can get in touch if they want to put the power of Jeremiah to work for their e-com <laughs> store. Sounds good. So we, we do more than just CRO. You know, we, we focus on kind of all aspects of driving growth. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say we're not quite as good at, at Google ads and Amazon ads as, as you guys at OMG. I've got just mad respect for what you're doing. But when it comes Thank to you. driving growth, like what we focus on is, is uh, you know, we look at a project and if we feel like we can, you know, have, it, it, we typically look at a project and say, do we think we can 10x the revenue on this project in the next two to three years? And if the answer is yes, we'll take it on. And if no, then we usually pass on it. Um, cause we, we, we only aim for home runs. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, we've been doing this a long time and I'd, I'd rather work on projects that are going to succeed. So we do, we do turn away probably about 80% of the, the people who, who come to us, I'm not trying to like discourage people, but, uh, we really do look for a good fit where we think we're going to be able to drive growth. Um, and, uh, you know, zero is an important part of that. Um, uh, if somebody does want to, want to chat, uh, Email address is Jeremiah, J-E-R-E-M-I-A-H at fatbullfrog.com. Um, if you're looking for even just help getting started with CRO and you want to do it yourself, I'm happy to like chime in and offer some tips. Like I shot a video a little while back on how to install Google Optimize, which is a great CRO tool. Um, I'd be happy to send you that, you know, no, no charge or anything. Just reach out and I'll, I'll help right where I can. And, and uh, I'd love to I don't know. I want to see the internet be a better place, <laughs> an easier okay. to use place. So. Amen to that. Yep. Let's make the internet better. I like it. It's where we all have to live for the foreseeable future. Let's let's clean it up Absolutely. a little bit. Uh, so <laughs> so then other so obviously I'll link to Fat Bullfrog guys. Email Jeremiah if you want to connect with him. Resources, yeah. tools, anything else you'd recommend people check out. Great question. Uh, you know, you've always got a tech stack for things like conversion rate optimization. Uh, tools I love are Google Optimize. It's free and works really, really well. It integrates super well with um, Google Analytics. And I love how I'm able to flow the data back and forth between the two of them. Um, I, I do prefer Shopify stores. They're easiest to work on and, and they're easiest to, to optimize for conversion. I like Hotjar for heat mapping. Um, I like... Uh, Gosh, Google Analytics for, for data. Those are the main tools we use. Um, yeah, I mean, 
there, there are a lot of other great tools out there too. I'm not trying to say don't use the others. That's just, you know, if yeah, I were the, the rest, the rest are more specific and kind of case yeah. by case and, and whatnot. Yeah. So, all right. Fantastic. Jeremiah Allen, ladies and gentlemen, Jeremiah, <laughs> thanks for coming on. Had a blast. It was really good. We'll, we'll have to do it again. All right. Very good. Thank you. And as always, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Let us know what, what are your burning e-commerce questions? What do you want to know? What do you want to hear more about? Um, do you want to give me a better nickname than Jeremiah gave me? I'm open to that. Uh, so, so definitely reach out. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, connect with us on social media. And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks, man. We really appreciate doing this. Of course. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.